Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The good, the bad, and the ugly edition as we take an in-depth look at week three of the preseason and a 25-23 loss to the New York Giants. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays from the game, locker room comments from players and coaches, and Dave Lapham will join me for post-game analysis. Plus, in this week's Fun Facts conversation, I'll talk to rookie running back Jordan Ellis about a wide variety of topics ranging from watching the basketball team win a national championship as a student at Virginia to his love of roller coasters. All of that is straight ahead, but first, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. It's the greatest invention since aluminum foil. Think of all the ways we use aluminum foil. There's cooking, there's wrapping food, there's art and decoration, and there's the tinfoil hat for you conspiracy buffs. The list goes on and on. A useful product that dates back to 1910, aluminum foil. Now let's get to football. Do you like sports trivia? Do you want a great question to spring on your football-loving buddies? Well, your friend Dan is here to help. Here goes. In the last 50 years, the New York Giants have selected three quarterbacks in the first round of the NFL draft. Who are they? All right, they selected Daniel Jones this year out of Duke. There's one. Phil Simms was a first-round draft pick out of Moorhead State back in 1979. There's two. And then... There's Eli Manning. There's three. That was easy. Not so fast, my friend. Manning was taken number one overall by the Chargers, even though he made it clear in advance that he didn't want to play for them. The Giants actually drafted Phillip Rivers fourth overall, then traded him and three additional draft picks to the Chargers for Manning. So Phillip Rivers is actually number three. Have fun stumping your friends. While Manning wasn't one of the correct answers, he is still the Giants' starting quarterback. And on Thursday night, Eli directed a 15-play, six-and-a-half-minute drive the first time New York had the ball. Pro Bowl kicker Aldrich Rosas gave the Giants an early lead. His longest last year was 57, so 41 yards should not be a problem in terms of the distance. Here comes his kick, and it is... Just barely good. He kept it just inside the right upright. And his 41-yard try puts the Giants on the scoreboard first. The Bengals failed to score on their first two possessions, but on the third, Andy Dalton threw his first touchdown pass of the preseason. We're down to 15 seconds to go here in the first quarter. The Bengals have a first down at the 26 of New York. Dalton's going to throw for the end zone. It is caught by C.J. Uzama. Touchdown, Bengals. Dalton went 7-for-10 for 104 yards and said Uzama made the touchdown pass an easy one. CJ did a great job of getting open, and, um, you know, he really, he he had about three yards of separation, so he he made my job pretty easy. But um, great route concept, great great, great play by CJ getting open, and for me, just put it out there, let him go make the play. Both starting quarterbacks were gone by the second quarter, and for New York, that meant another chance for Daniel Jones to shut up anybody who mocked the Giants for selecting him with a sixth overall pick. 
That includes you, Baker Mayfield. In three preseason games, Jones has completed 83% of his passes, is averaging 12.3 yards per attempt, and has a passer rating of 140.1. He hasn't thrown an interception yet, but Jones has fumbled three times. Jones back to throw, gets smashed as he tried to deliver the football. The ball is loose, and the Giants are able to recover it at the 29-yard line, an eight-yard loss. Carl Lawson flying in on the blind side of quarterback Daniel Jones and smashing it as he tried to deliver the football. I'm telling you what, right now, Nate Solder is getting eaten alive by Carl Lawson. I mean, that was nothing more than just pure upfield speed rush. That time, Solder, because he got bull rushed the first time, he was setting too strong, and Carl Lawson said, I see you setting for my bull. I'm going to speed rush your outside, bro. See you later. It was Carl Lawson's first preseason action after tearing his ACL in week eight last year. He's back. <laughs> I mean, how did it feel? Uh, I mean, you, you, were, you were throwing Nate Solder around like he was a raggedy Andy doll. Yeah, I mean, it felt good. Like, I mean, like I told you, it's been, it's been steps to the process uh, in the offseason to reevaluate my game. Then, you know, taking it and putting it into practice. And then I noticed, you know, everything I thought that I needed to change and fix, you know, um, it showed up in practice. And then the final step was put into a game. So now um, my confidence is sky high to continue to, uh, on that path. St- a lot of stuff I still need to work on, but I'm excited that uh, some of my work is starting to pay off. You went um, speed to power, you know, bull rushed him. Then you then you edge speed rush on it. He didn't he didn't know what you were thinking. I mean, how many moves do you have now? I mean, how many legitimate moves do you have? You- I just feel like like elite moves. I have three. So I mean, there was another play earlier. I think the first one came inside. So I mean, you got to defend all three. So now I mean, just you know, I just just keep working. So I've, I've got an inside move. I got a power move, and now I got a speed move. And the off season was really just working on speed. Um, getting that half a second faster because like I said many times before I don't think I had a problem beating people last year I just think I wasn't getting there fast enough and this year with the stuff I've studied and the stuff I've been working on and how I changed my body I feel like um, I'll get there faster. Despite Lawson's strip sack the Giants later scored on that drive to reclaim the lead. Eli Penny checks in at fullback Rod Smith is the tailback Jones is going to hand it to Smith and Smith fights his way into the end zone for a Giants touchdown. Second effort, Dan, you're right. Initially, he was stopped. Then he bounced it, continued to bounce it outside, found a little softer seam, and, uh, and took it into the end zone, fought his way in. The Bengals also drafted a quarterback who has been impressive in the preseason, Ryan Finley. And he led the Bengals on a 12-play drive just before the half to tie the game. This will be a 50-yard field goal try from the right hash mark for Randy Bullock. Huber extends the hand, catches the ball, puts it down, the swing of the leg by Bullock, and his kick from 50 yards away is good, tying the score at 10 with 29 seconds left in the half. In the second half, a pair of newcomers stood out for the Bengals, beginning with rookie running back Rodney Anderson. From the right hash, Finley drops back to throw. Decent protection. His pass caught by Rodney Anderson. Nice. Zigzagging up the middle of the field for a first down and more. Crosses the 30 and gets tackled at the 33-yard line by safety Sean Chandler. A big-time IHOP first down on third and 10. In four years at Oklahoma, Anderson missed three due to season-ending injuries, including a broken leg, a fractured vertebrae in his neck, and a torn ACL in the Sooners' second game last year. In his Bengals' preseason debut, Rodney had eight carries 
and four pass receptions. I mean, all they told me is that I was going to get my chance and get an opportunity. And, you know, I, I've been telling people since the beginning, you know, that's all I need is an opportunity. And that's all I was looking for. So. Everybody in this room had that dream at some point of making their first ever NFL appearance. Can you describe what it means to you in light of what you've overcome? Uh, it means a lot. You know, I've been through so much, and uh, you know, it's just it's just really special to finally get out there. The other newcomer was undrafted quarterback Jake Dolagala out of Central Connecticut State. With Jeff Driscoll out of action with a sore hamstring, Big Jake made a great first impression. Jake Dolagala. In his NFL preseason debut, catches a shotgun snap. The six foot seven inch quarterback fires deep downfield, oh! caught at the 10 yard line. And Ventel Bryant is knocked out of bounds at the five. What a throw! Tremendous throw. Dropped a dime right there to Big Jake. Dolagala gave the Bengals the lead in the fourth quarter. Third down and goal from the four. Dolagala will throw a fade toward the back left corner oh. of the end zone. Oh. It is caught by Damian Willis for a Bengals touchdown. Damian Willis finished with three catches for 55 yards in that touchdown, and the undrafted free agent was in the starting lineup on Thursday night. Yes, sir, I, was, I was surprised. I didn't know that until yesterday. So, yes, sir, I did start. What that mean to you? I meant a lot. It shows that they was actually going to give me an opportunity to go with the ones and everything to prove what I had to do. I mean, when you get to start in week three of the preseason, you catch a touchdown pass. Are you starting to feel pretty good about your chances of being on that 53-man roster? Well, I'm going to say, like I said, everybody, I'm not going to talk about the 53-man roster. I'm just going to say ho hopefully I make it. Hopefully Coach Taylor gives me the opportunity to be on the roster. That's all I'm going to say on that one. Damian's chances are looking better by the day. Down by seven, the Giants answered with a one-yard touchdown run by John Hilleman and did not play for the tie in the fourth quarter. The ball placed at the two-yard line for this two-point conversion try for the lead. Lawletta back at the seven, will catch a shotgun snap, fakes a handoff, throws, and it's caught for a two-point conversion. Gunned it over the middle to Alonzo Russell. Started his NFL career with the Bengals, and he's given the Giants a one-point lead with eight minutes and 34 seconds to go. Good catch. One minute and 36 seconds later, the Giants scored again. Huber into punt. Britton Golden back at the 20-yard line to return. Huber's punt is going to carry to the 31. Golden running sideways. Now accelerates to the 40, the 50. He's being chased toward the sideline by Huber. See you later. And it is going to be a touchdown return for Britton Golden. The 68-yard punt return gave New York a 25-17 lead, but the next time the Bengals punted, Golden did not live up to his last name. This punt will be fielded at the oh, 32, then dropped. The Bengals begin it. celebrating at the 35-yard line, and the Bengals have recovered. So a muffed punt by Golden, recovered by Mason Shrek, and the Bengals will take over at the 35-yard line of New York. Dolagala took advantage of the short field. Bengals have it first and goal, down by eight, with two minutes and 46 seconds left in regulation. Josh Malone out to the right. Ventel Bryant out to the left. Flowers remains the running back. Dolagala throws a fade for Josh Malone. Nice. Hunt over the shoulder catch nice. for a Bengals touchdown. The Bengals were down by two with 2.43 to go. And while nobody, I mean nobody, Likes overtime games in the preseason, 
Zach Taylor dislikes losing even more. Tolagala in the shotgun. He has three receivers left and one out to the right. Catches a high snap, drops back to the 10, throws into the end zone. It is incomplete for Josh Malone. No penalty flags, and the Bengals trail by two. In his first ever NFL action, Jake Dolagala finished 10 for 12 for 94 yards, two touchdowns, and a passer rating of 138.9. It was decent, you know, it was, it was good. Um, I thought I went out there, played within myself, um, you know, let the guys around me make a lot of the plays. Um, you know, up front, they gave me a lot of opportunities to, to sling the rock, which I like to do, so um, it was good. How cool was it? I mean, coming from Central Connecticut State to be out there against the New York Giants, as you put it, slinging it. Oh, it was great. Um, you know, that's, it's, it's been a dream since I was, you know, a wee little boy. And, um, you know, I know it's preseason, but just a, that, you know, a little bit of a taste of it. Um, it was great. It was very exciting. You probably got more snaps in the fourth quarter than you've been getting in full team drills in training camp. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of what, what I do in practice is uh, mental reps. And um, for me to finally get out there and, um, you know, actually do it for real physically, uh, it was great. We're visiting with Jake Dolagala. Who are you excited to talk to after this game? Um, probably my parents. They're probably going nuts at home. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of let them on, saying I wasn't sure if I was going to get in, knowing that, um, you know, I was probably going to get a shot. So they were probably at home watching, and, um, yeah, they're probably, they're probably crazy excited. The final score, New York 25, Cincinnati 23. Dave Lapham spent three minutes with Zach Taylor after the game. Coach, uh, through it, 325 yards passing, but just 29 rushing, so it was kind of one-dimensional for you. I know on first down, you guys had a lot of change. You had your touchdown pass, you had another 35-yarder, you had a 26-yarder, a 28-yarder. You were, this offense on first and second down can be pretty pretty darn explosive. Yeah, it'll be exciting when we get the run game going. You know, we got Joe and Gio in there, and we're a little more diverse with what we're doing. Um, so right now, just just trying to get a couple runs mixed in there, but I thought the pass game looked really sharp. O-line, other than a couple plays there in the first quarter, protection's been been uh, up to par, and so it's good to see those quarterbacks execute when their number's called. Every one of them, quarterback rating of 90-plus. I think uh, Finley's was in the 90s, and the other two were like in the 100s, I think. Uh, what about Big Jake? It was Big Jake's first opportunity to go out there. What would you think? Big Jake, it wasn't too big for him. He went in there and, and immediately was aggressive down the field, which was great to see. And, again, that's a credit to Alex Van Pelt. He's done a really nice job with that quarterback room. And, and uh, so Jake, coming off of not many reps, was able to step up and make the most of his opportunity. So at this point, it, it, is it where you want it to? What do you like most about this football team, I guess, is my question at this point? That we're a connected football team. Guys played with great energy in the second half. You know, they made a couple more plays than we did there at the end, but I thought our guys came out with enthusiasm. They were supporting each other. They were playing hard. They were, they were detailed in what we were asking them to do. Um, and so that, that's, that's the progress that we want to see from this team. What about third down? I know it was, it was tough sledding early in the early stages of the game on third down, and, uh, but, you, you know, with that running game, it wasn't, wasn't getting you much in those early downs for you. That was the difference, really, is, is defensively we were ahead of the chains on third down early on. You know, I, I think they were at 33% at halftime. And, but offensively, we challenged the guys. We got to win the third down battle, and we did not do that tonight. And that's, that's the difference in winning and losing when that turnover battle is going to be dead even. And then, obviously, you had a 75-yard punt return touchdown last week. There was a big playing game. They got one. They got one tonight. That's uh, you know that's the nature of the beast in the NFL. All three phases are important, I guess. That's right. You know, a couple guys lost leverage there, and so that's something we got to correct. And but again, it's all three got to tie together in the fourth quarter. That's when we got to step up and make those plays. And you know, offense, we need to convert the two-point conversion. 
special teams not give up the punt. Defense get a stop in four minutes, get the ball back to the offense, and uh, the Giants made more plays than we did. A couple of guys, I'm watching Carl Lawson. I'm like, oh, my God. He threw Nate Solder like he was Raggedy Andy, man. It was like he was throwing him around. And he held him on that 35-yard down to the two-yard line. He held, held the heck out of Lawson. But watching him, watching Anderson, Anderson was impressive to watch. Very exciting to get both those guys back. They've been working hard. I know they, they feel as good as they've ever felt. So really happy to see them on the field tonight having a good time. And then Gino was Gino. He got, Hernandez had to grab him, grab him up by the throat to try to pass protect. I mean, nothing you can do when Gino gets rolling. Yeah, we'll put Gino back in his glass case for another couple of weeks before we, we get on the road to Seattle. Pretty much everybody in a glass case at this point. I mean, that... Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, we'll let some of these guys compete it out. They're still fighting for spots, but you'll see a lot of guys down next week. And finally, the wide receivers, the young wideouts, Auden Tate got nicked up a little bit, but you know, guys had an opportunity to take snaps with the number ones against number ones in, in that evaluation process. How big was that? Yeah, I thought those guys stepped up and made plays and um, you know, recall maybe one or two drops throughout the game, but other than that, those guys, we put the ball in the air quite a bit, and those guys made plays for us. Now time for laps post-game analysis. Let's start with what, to me, was the biggest positive, the passing game. The Bengals used three quarterbacks. Andy Dalton threw his first touchdown of the preseason. Ryan Finley was solid for the third consecutive game. And lo and behold, Jake Dolagala got more snaps in the fourth quarter than he's received in all of training camp, and he threw a pair of touchdown passes. He stepped up. I mean, you know, very first play that he was in the game, he was aggressive. I mean, he went down the field. Now, you know, he complimented Zach Taylor. He said, you know, Zach's play call. He set it up for him. He said, let's see what you got. And he stepped up and made a play. Like you said, Finley's quarterback rating was like 92 plus. The other two were in the 130s, I think. Uh, you know, so the, the passing game, very efficient. Th over 350 gross, 325 net passing yards. I mean, that, that was a very, very big positive, but it wasn't a balanced offense, that's for sure. Now, the Bengals' running game was not good. We'll get to that momentarily because I want to hit on another positive first, and that is the debut of Rodney Anderson, the running back who had three season-ending injuries in four years at Oklahoma. He got 12 touches, more impressive in the passing game than the running game, but there weren't many holes to run through on the running plays. Yeah, I think that the uh, the running game just wasn't there. It wasn't, wasn't getting done, but I think he showed his running ability after making a couple of catches. More than once, he made guys miss miss and when he's in space you get him an opportunity to make some uh, cuts and make some plays he, he's big time and uh, man Joe Mixon and, and Anderson were a one-two punch at Oklahoma and uh, to get him in the sixth round if he stays healthy that could be the steal of quite a while. Had he stayed healthy at Oklahoma, he certainly would have been drafted much higher than the sixth round. I'm trying to think of a draft pick taken really late that played that well for the Bengals. And again, he hasn't played in a regular right. season game yet, but Marvin Jones, a fifth round pick comes to mind. Geno Atkins, a fourth round pick, but sixth round to have that kind of talent, potentially huge value for the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, when you look at him, um, he, he is, he, he passes the eyeball test. I mean, he's, he's like the, the prototype, the prototypical. I mean, you know, he's 225 pounds, and it's all put together so well. Upper body, legs, he's, he's, got, he's got everything. So, uh, you know, and then you add Giovanni Bernard into that mix. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a trio of as good a talent as most teams in the NFL would hope to have. Let's talk about the wide receivers lap because there's obviously a battle to make the roster among the guys after A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and John Ross. Damian Willis started the game, hauled in a touchdown catch. 
Ventel Bryant, probably not in that mix, right. but he had his first big game. Cody Core caught every pass thrown in his direction. So guys battling for those spots are coming up with plays. Yeah, I thought it was a good move tonight by the coaches. Preseason game number three has changed. It's not starters playing a half, cooling down, warming back up, making halftime adjustments, and playing in the early stages of the third quarter. It's still an evaluation time. So they wanted to see these young wide receivers working with the number ones, working with Andy Dalton and everybody with the number ones against the other team's number ones defensively. Because, you know, people can say, well, a lot of those numbers are against guys that aren't even going to make the team, you know, for the for the opponent. Well, not the case here. And they stepped, they still made plays, stepped up and made plays. That's a very good sign. And, it, you know, Willis just keeps – showing the production, the poise, it's never too big for the guy. I mean, he is just even keel. You know, you, you got to like, like what he's doing, and he's, he's not making any assumptions. I mean, he's just taking it day by day and taking advantage of opportunities. And, you know, Auden Tate saw him after the game. It's not serious. You know, he just got banged up a little bit. You know, he, he, was, he made a couple of catches. I mean, I, I thought it was a really good move to evaluate the young guys against people that are trying to make the football team themselves in the opposition. And Josh Malone had a touchdown catch as well. Right. Let's talk about the running game, or lack thereof. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. 16 rushes, <laughs> 29 yards. That's 1.8 yards per rush. I'm thinking of three preseason games so far. I don't remember a gaping hole yet on a running play. Yeah, I think they're being literally at this at this point. It is so simple. I don't think they have but three runs, and I'm not sure that they have many more protections than that. It is more vanilla than vanilla can be. So I think that's 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 part of it. But you don't want to make you know any excuses. You still need to knock people off the line of scrimmage and, and give your back an opportunity. Too many times in tonight's football game, when a running back has to make his cut in his own backfield. He's dead meat, and that happened regularly. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to shore it up. I mean, at least give him an even Steven chance to get past the line of scrimmage, and, uh, and and then and then see what goes from there. But I think the running game will get better, particularly when Joe Mixon is involved. I think uh, it, you know it's naturally going to get better, and uh, you know it, it's not going to stay at less than two yards of carry for the season. Everything's crossed. It can't. <laughs> On the defensive side of things, we get our first look at Carl Lawson coming back from his torn ACL. The uh, New York Giants left tackle, Nate Solder, desperately wishes he did not make his preseason debut tonight. I think that Carl Lawson already got a Pro Bowl vote. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Solder is going to put him, I mean, he turned him every which way but loose. He threw him five yards like he was Raggedy Andy. He beat him on a speed rush. He beat him inside. Solder held him on a 35-yard pass down to the two-yard line. And I talked to Carl after the game, and I said, man, does it frustrate you when you get held like that? He goes, I look at it as a sign of respect. You know, I get held. I get held in Kansas City on a touchdown throw. So he said those things are going to happen. But um, he looked good. I mean, his conversion of speed to power was there. He had the upfield rush. I mean, he, he's I'd, I'd put him in, you know, put him in a bubble wrap and let mm -hmm. him explode against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Kerry Wynn had a nice game up front as well. He did. Kerry Wynn was playing against his former team. In a, in a stage of the game where he can shine, and he did. He shone very brightly, and there's a guy that can do a lot of things for Darren Simmons on special teams as well as be a versatile guy up front with a defensive line. He's, you know, he's a jewel in your 46-man roster, never mind 53. Let's get back to running back Rodney Anderson for a moment. In his only healthy year at Oklahoma, he rushed for more than 1,100 yards, averaged more than six yards per carry, added 281 receiving yards, and scored a total of 18 touchdowns. 
In the Rose Bowl that year against Georgia, Anderson rushed for 201 yards. As Jay Morrison of The Athletic pointed out, that game featured 24 NFL draft picks, including seven first-rounders, and Anderson was one of the most impressive players on the field. I spoke to Rodney this week. I read that last year at Oklahoma, while you were out, you regularly visited with middle school kids and talked to them about your experiences. What was the crux of your message? Uh, Basically, it was just, uh, you know, bad things happen to everybody, and, you know, whether it's a big thing or a small thing, you know, they can be hard to come back from. So I was just trying to share my story with younger people just to let them know that there's always a way you can get out of you know, tough situations, there's always a comeback, and so just trying to let them know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're visiting with Rodney Anderson. What has your training camp experience been like so far? Uh, it's been good. I've been getting a lot of mental reps just because at the very beginning I was pretty limited, but you know, I've been, you know, being, I've been getting cleared for more and more and more until they completely cleared me, and so uh, you know, I'm just trying to get back into things, you know, just getting the system down, trying to get some actual reps under my belt now and just so I can get ready for this game coming up. There are various ways to measure athletic ability, 40-yard dash, weightlifting, three-cone drill, etc. I saw the footage on the internet of you jumping out of a swimming pool. The water is waist high. You jump out onto the deck next to the pool. How did that come about? Uh, it was just one of those things where I was just I was in the hot tub uh, after practice, and you know I was in there with a couple of my teammates and one of my former teammates, uh, Devonte Lampkin. It just asked me if I could, if he, if I'd ever seen anybody jump out of a pool before, or if I could do it, and I'd, I'd never done it before, so I just, I tried it one time, and I got up there, but then I kind of fell back into the water, and then I did it again. He just, and he recorded the second time. So I strongly recommend checking out that video. Just search for Rodney Anderson Pool, and you'll see what I mean. There's one game left in the preseason. It's coming up next Thursday night at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Now time for this week's Fun Facts segment, as we get to know the person under the pads. In this case, it's a rookie running back who leads the Bengals in rushing this preseason with 19 carries for 68 yards and also leads the team with 12 receptions. Time for some Fun Facts with running back Jordan Ellis from the Atlanta, Georgia area. Tell us a little bit about some of the things you were into growing up. Um, just, you know, always being outside. I was a kid that loved to be outside. I mean, I, I played video games too, but I was always outside playing basketball, baseball, football, um, anything I could get my hands on, really, um, riding bikes, scooters. Just, I like to be outside and um, kind of adventure around and um, just, just, you know, being outside, really, as a, enjoying, enjoying life as a kid. What did your folks do and what were some of the most important lessons you learned from them? Um, I would say just hard work. Um, I mean, my mom, she, uh, she, I mean, she goes to work almost every day, and um, she never really uh, made ex- make, make any excuses. No matter how 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 bad she feels, I mean, she could be sick, she's still going to work. Like, and that kind of instilled in me. No matter how how you feel, you might not be feeling good every single day, but you gotta. Uh, um, she knew she had to provide for me and my brother, so she has to. Uh, kind of like just suck it up and, and go to work and I, I kind of like how I uh, kind of act now I mean you know that every day you're not going to feel the best you're going to feel sore some days and some days you might not um, be in it um, mentally you might just be 
a, a, a down day and you just got to kind of find the, the will inside of you to, to push through. So that's some that's some of the thing. That's probably the biggest lesson, just pushing yourself when you don't feel like it and just, just working hard no matter what. We're visiting with Jordan Ellis. You went to Peachtree High School, which has cranked out a lot of NFL football players. Cam Hayward of the Steelers, Bradley Roby, the great former Ohio State Buckeye. How big of a deal is football at Peachtree Ridge? Uh, it's, it's a very big deal. I mean, just coming into the school, I, tra- I actually transferred my junior year into the school, and um, just just knowing a little bit. I mean, it wasn't. It was probably its eighth year in existence when I transferred into it. So. But it had already a tradition. I mean, they have had won a state championship, have been to a two state championships. So, I mean, we have a pretty good tradition, and uh, just not only at Peachtree Ridge, but in the area, Gwinnett County area. I mean, it's, it's definitely great comp- high school competition. I think that that has prepared me for what I'm um, facing now in the NFL. We're doing fun facts with Jordan Ellis. From there, it was on to the University of Virginia, YUVA. UVA, honestly, that was my biggest offer, biggest like Power Five offer. So it was my first offer, so it kind of meant a lot to me. I mean, they it was a school that just came in the first time I ever talked to them. They offered me, so it kind of meant a lot to me, and um, just had to kind of take it and run with it. And um, it was one of the best decisions I made. Um, just being able to, to get a great education, and um, ultimately I'm, I'm going to end up finishing my master's. So I mean, to be able to get two degrees from a school like that, I mean. And the bonus part of playing football at highest level in college football, I mean, that, that's, that doesn't get no better than that. And uh, I'm just glad I made the decision to, uh, to go there. So one of the best decisions I made. They don't hand out diplomas at the University of Virginia. How did you juggle football and academics? Uh, just had to, you know, I had I had a lot of great support system at there. Um, had great uh, academic advisors, so it kept me um, – kept my head on straight um had great coaches so I was uh, able to you know um, get my all in football and in academics and we had a head coach that um really preached um um academics and football that it can work together so um just been blessed to have a great support system and um just to be able to to, to get a, a high level education and play football I mean that's doesn't get no better than that I mean something that the the degree the education will carry me for the rest of my life so that's something that um you can't take away from me I've seen the footage of your first college carry I'm not going to describe it I want you to uh to be honest with you it was a blur I mean (laughs) it happened so fast uh it's crazy that my first college carry was a touchdown Um, it's still like so surreal to even think of think about that I mean it, I can't even really describe it to you. It happened so fast. You broke seven tackles. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just like, <laughs> dang, like I was, it was like boom, 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 and I was in the end zone. Like, it was crazy. It just happened so fast, and I'm um, just, that was just a, a blessing, something that um, I could tell my kids one day. One of the interesting traditions at Virginia is how you go about getting your uniform number. You earn it. And you essentially earned the number one pick. Describe that tradition and what that honor meant to you. Uh, it meant a lot to me because um, it's voted on by, by by your peers, by the players. No no coaches involved. It's strictly players. And um, just to just to have that three straight years, I mean, that means a lot because the, the, the number one thing that I, I want to be is on a team is just a great teammate, a great person. And I want I want people to see that I'm a great person, an unselfish person, and some somebody that's going to do anything for the team. And 
to, to have that recognition three years in a row just means a lot to me. The the way I'm um, viewed by my peers and, and and ultimately you just want to just be a great teammate and um and and, and they saw that I, I was I was that and I'm willing to just work hard. I, I didn't really say much, but I just let all my like my action do the talking and um I mean that was definitely um, one of the biggest achievements uh, probably to date. Um just just being able to to be recognized by my peers in that way. A few more fun facts with Jordan Ellis. While you were at Virginia, the basketball team was pretty darn good, winning a national championship last year. How much fun was it to be a basketball fan while you were a student at UVA? Oh, it was definitely it was really fun. I mean, I was going to the game. So I actually went to the game. They they ultimately lost, but when um, they played Zion, it was a lot of. Um, um, energy um, at the game and um, I, I was I went to a lot of games when I was at UVA so it was, it was definitely a great experience to uh, to cheer on the basketball team and, and, and to see how they came back after what happened the previous year losing to a 16 seed um, it was definitely made the story even that much better and um, it was definitely just crazy to be at school when they won the national championship so that's something I'll never forget. Let's fast forward to Cincinnati. Why did you elect to sign with the Bengals as a free agent? Well, it was the only team from my um, agent that was showing interest in me. So I uh, hopped on board and, and just took it and ran with it. Uh, I just wanted one opportunity, really. Knew it was probably going to come down to me being an undrafted free agent. So just wanted one opportunity. And uh, my agent said that this is probably the best best fit for me um, at the time. So um, I, I, I've been loving it since I got here. Um, it's something that... Um, if God willing, I'm, I'm here for how many years? I mean, I'm just enjoying the experience right now, and uh, I'm just just really enjoying it all, just taking it all in. Rumor has it you're a big roller coaster guy. Is that true? Yeah, it is. I, I love roller coasters. <laughs> Have you been to Kings Island? I haven't. I haven't yet. I probably, I probably will though. I probably will very soon. If, if I have time to uh, get out there, because I love roller coasters. All right, I'm going to get you fired up. Kings Island just announced that they are building a giga coaster. There are only six in the world right now. It has a 300-foot drop. It goes 91 miles an hour. So this is what you have to look forward to when it's finished. Man, I'm, I'm going to have to definitely check <laughs> Kings Island out. I'm going to definitely have to go, to go to Kings Island and check it out. So. You're off the hot seat. Appreciate the time. Best of luck. Thank you. Jordan Ellis figures to be very busy in the final preseason game next Thursday against Indy. That's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. And if you have a moment, please give us a rating or leave a comment. Your feedback has been very helpful, and five-star ratings help more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde. Thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.